and the hour of doom arrived. My brother, my father, and I were standing at attention like soldiers about to storm Normandy Beach. We're just like standing there. My mom's walking up and down like Brad Pitt in uh, Inglorious Bastards. She's like, everyone in my company will give me a saltine spray. That was Silas Smith, live on stage at the 1844 House in Potsdam. And today's episode is all about bad ideas. From NCPR and the Adirondack Center for Writing, this is The Howl. True stories, no notes, told live on stage in the North Country. I'm Ethan Shanty. Today, we're actually going to do something a little different and share two stories that we heard at the 1844 House in Potsdam. Just a moment ago, you heard from Silas Smith, but first, we're going to hear from Sean Brenda. We'll get to him in just a moment here, but first, I've got to let you know about my bad idea. Actually, it's not my bad idea, but my brother Ian's. Ian is my younger brother. By the way, he did give me permission to share this story, so don't worry. And he's always been, shall we say, accident prone. I don't think I know anyone who's been banged up quite as much as he has. There was the time that he went on a skating trip in school and bashed his chin something fierce on the ice and came away with a big chunk of his head missing and some stitches to boot. Or the time that he was in dress rehearsal for the high school chorus, the hot lights and the temperature made him lightheaded, causing him to pass out and breaking his limb on stage. Or the time that he was in gym class. A lot of these happened in school, I'm realizing. He was playing volleyball when he jumped up to spike the ball, came down hard, and his tendon got so tight that it actually snapped the bone in his foot. The doctor then gave him explicit instructions, do not get this cast wet. Well, of course, you know what I'm going to say next. He got the cast wet. And because he only had like a month or so left to wear it, he thought, ah, what the hell, it'll be fine. And it was not fine. Pretty quickly, his foot started to smell, but all the Axe body spray in the world couldn't cover it up. After a few days, it was like he was dragging around a dead skunk with him everywhere he went, and the solution, in his mind, was vanilla-scented garbage bags. The imitation vanilla scent was no match, though, for his putrid foot. By the middle of the day, his foot had sweat so much that he'd have to change the bag, and the whole issue just compounded such that he was wrapping his foot in two or three garbage bags at a time to cover up the smell. He'd change the bag so he wouldn't be stinking up the place anymore, then his foot would sweat, then he'd change the bag, and he'd sweat some more, and on and on and on it would go. One time we were at a friend's house playing Xbox upstairs in his room, and his mom came home. All the way from downstairs at the front door, she could smell it. She said, Jesus Christ, did something die in here? Eventually, Ian's foot healed, and he learned that maybe a professional opinion is better than a quick fix. So today, we're sharing two stories from people who were trying to make life a little bit easier, but ended up making things way harder on themselves. They were both told live on stage at the 1844 house in Potsdam at one of our regional story slams. First up, we're going to hear from Sean Brinda. I don't think there's anyone out here who doesn't fall for a bad idea. And certainly, I've been one of those people. And usually, it's with my friend Otto. (laughs) Let me tell you a little bit about him. He is probably one of the smartest people that I know. But he always comes up with some of the most interesting ideas. Let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, A few summers ago, his family bought an old VW uh, Beetle. And for many, many years, he's been trying to fix it. He still hasn't. There have been other times in which he has tried to make a makeshift motorcycle out of a bicycle and a laundry uh, machine engine. (laughs) Surprisingly, it worked, uh, but he never figured out how to turn it off. (laughs) 
And then uh, nine years ago, this was probably his weirdest idea. Um, we were camping out in Idaho, and we were on uh, one of my cousin's boats uh, enjoying a nice camp out. And for some reason, Otto didn't want to use the regular facilities. He came up with an idea saying, Sean, we're out here in the middle of the wilderness. You know what I want to do? I want to make a makeshift toilet. Come again. Please explain. Let me reiterate. I want to make a toilet out of nothing but logs, sticks, leaves, and twigs. <laughs> okay, seems like a fascinating idea. How do, you prepare, how do you propose to set this up? Well, there is a trail near the boat. You go down the trail. There's a little stream that goes into the lake. And he decides, well, rushing water. Perfect spot. <laughs> so eventually he somehow makes a makeshift uh, toilet of some sort. The night comes to an end and we head off to bed. Now, the main goal here is to not necessarily go to the bathroom. It's to do it while no one is watching. But uh, apparently Otto didn't know anything about the Idaho wilderness, and neither did I at the time. And one thing that Chicago, Illinois uh, suburb kids failed to realize is when to use the buddy system. <laughs> So it's the middle of the night, and uh, I wake up, and Otto's not in his bed. Okay, well, that's concerning, because out there, probably 500 feet away, is the land of bears, moose, and mountain lions. So it comes to me to go out into the woods and find Otto. So I head out into the dark, into the thick of it, towards the makeshift toilet. I am perhaps a little nervous at this point. I'm an Eagle Scout, by the way, so I have some experience of what to expect out there. Um, but when it gets darker and darker, things start to shift. I don't think anyone here knows what fear is. <laughs> I'm at the toilet. Otto isn't there. It has collapsed on itself, and I hear footsteps behind me. Thinking it is Otto, I am about to ridicule him for once again doing something a little bit stupid, but I understand his reasoning. Turn around, uh, it's not Otto, it is a 500-pound uh, bull elk. He stares right at me. You can see the, the mist coming off its nostrils. Screams into the night. <laughs> Most scared I have ever been. Walks away. I'm there, standing. I think I need to use the toilet. <laughs> Thank you. That was Sean Brenda, live on stage at the 1844 house in Potsdam. Up next from the same event, it's Silas Smith. He's appeared at our Howl Grand Slams in the past. His story is brief, but what do they say? It passes the smell test. Here's Silas Smith. Growing up, you know, my mom, wonderful woman, great lady. 
I love her so much. She raised, you know, my brother, my sister, and I very well. And she was a nurse. She was a nursing instructor. So growing up, she would always be giving us like health tips and and good ideas to you know invest in us and ensure that we were doing well. And um, this story is not about one of those ideas, unfortunately. <laughs> um, one day, you know, she comes downstairs and we're having breakfast in in the, the kitchen, and she's like, uh, "Okay, new thing, new thing. We're doing salt water nasal sprays." Okay, and this is just non-negotiable. This is just going to become part of your thing. I think this was in 2011, uh, 2007 I asked her about this, and she said there was this new like avian flu thing going around. She wasn't having that near her babies. So she's, she read something about you know, the nasal spray. She's like, you're going to do it, okay? And just, it's, getting added to the, it's getting added to the chart. You wash your hands, you brush your teeth, you floss, <laughs> you shoot salt water in your nose, okay? It's just going to happen. She leaves. We're like, okay. She had bought five of them, color-coded. They were sitting in the bathroom. And, you know, every that whole day, you know, walking by the bathroom, you look in there, and you're like, oh, that's coming up tonight. <laughs> and the hour of doom arrived. My brother, my father, and I were standing at attention like soldiers about to storm Normandy Beach. We're just, like, standing there. My mom's walking up and down like Brad Pitt in uh, Inglorious Bastard. She's like, everyone in my company will give me a saltine spray. And we're just standing there, like, looking at her. But all jokes aside, she was actually being very motherly and trying to assure us, you know, assure us everything's going to be fine. She's like, okay, it's not like going to the doctor and getting a shot. Okay, there's no boo-boo. There's no boo-boo. You just take the thing. Here, I'll show you. You take the thing, you unwrap it, and you just put it in your nose and... <laughs> her face turned as purple as that hoodie you're wearing, ma'am. <laughs> because apparently, we didn't learn this until later, it's very important that you don't inhale as you're shooting it in. And you know, as she was trying to be motherly, she's like, you know, no, don't, guys, don't worry. It's not gonna hurt, don't worry. It's gonna <laughs> She started melting like the Wicked Witch of the West. All of this snot, all of this stuff, it just starts coming out of her face. My brother and my dad and I, we're all just backing away. She turns around, she turns her back to us. She staggers over to the kitchen vanity. She's grabbed onto it. And she's just like convulsing and coughing. And we're just looking at each other, and I'm like to my brother, I'm like, you're going next. I'm not <laughs> and then I hear faintly, softly, after so much silence, I faintly hear her say, none of you ever have to try that. <laughs> <laughs> and she threw them all away. But let this be a lesson to you. You know, I'm sure if some of you are into the salt thing, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I've, there's probably a better way to do it. But if you ever hear some crazy new health fad that you're not 100% on, don't fall for it. Thank you very much. That was Silas Smith, live on stage at the Howell Story Slam at 1844 House in Potsdam, recorded late last year. You know, for all of the accidents that I've had, I've never gotten hurt the way my brother did with his foot or his chin or his hand. And really, you know, it's just by dumb luck. I've been hit in the face at concerts. I've had people fall on my head at shows. I've been in car accidents. I've had tons of near misses where I think back on them and think, well, I should probably be dead. But knock on wood, I've gotten out pretty much unscathed. I guess my brother has been taking the brunt of it for me, and I'm starting to wonder if maybe he's paying for something that he did in a past life. Whatever it is, I'm thankful to still have all my fingers and toes, for now anyway. 
That's it for this episode of the Howl Podcast. Make sure you follow the show so you don't miss an episode of this season. Hear all of our episodes and find out when we're going to be telling stories on stage in your town by visiting ncpr.org slash Howl. The Howl is a co-production of NCPR and the Adirondack Center for Writing. The show is written, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ethan Shanty, with editorial supervision by news director David Summerstein. Doyle Dean is our production manager, and he recorded these stories on stage. Bill Hanel is our director of digital services. Caitlin Kelly is our social media specialist. Our theme music is by famous letter writer of Plattsburgh. Don't forget you can support this podcast and everything we do at NCPR by making a contribution at ncpr.org give. And thanks. For NCPR, I'm Ethan Shanty. This is North Country Public Radio.